0: Welcome to the Getting to Clarity Podcast, the place where busy women leaders discover how to create more success in their leadership journey with less sacrifice in their life. Here's your host, Debbie Peterson of Getting to Clarity. Hey, hello and welcome. I am Debbie Peterson of Getting to Clarity. And this is another episode of the Getting to Clarity Podcast, where myself, And my exquisite guests come to share tips, tools, and techniques to help you create more success in your leadership life with less sacrifice. And today I have a treat for you. You're going to love her as much as I do. And Katie McDonald, Mm -hmm. Be Nourished is her company. And that is what she does for Mm -hmm. busy professionals, executives, entrepreneurs, is to help infuse them and find the nourishment that they need to be able to do what it is that they need to do. So when we talk about less sacrifice, Katie is all about lining you up so that you have what you need so that you're not depleting yourself while you're the busy professional running your business. So let me tell you a little bit about Katie before we get going, because her opinion is that many of us view self-care as time that would be better spent on getting things done. Can anybody identify with that? Have you ever thought that way? I know I have, but self-care is actually key for professional and personal success. Katie McDonald learned that the hard way. So I call it the cosmic two by four. I've had it as well. (laughs) Katie got hers. You know, the, the process of mastering a high intensity career came at a huge cost for her followed by the responsibilities of motherhood is this starting to sound familiar is there a pattern here after leaving corporate life so katie's chronic self-neglect led her to the depths of overwhelm depression and even illness and by creating the be nourished program katie has curated proven practices from her personal recovery and decades of study into uh, executive wellness programs that foster mindfulness peace of mind and productivity so this is absolutely the lane that she swims in. She is a dynamic self-care strategist with clients across the nation and abroad. Katie helps executives and entrepreneurs to get things done without coming undone. Love that tagline. And all while envisioning and achieving the best versions of themselves. So highest and best selves. Ooh, that's, I love that. So, Katie, welcome to the Getting the Clarity podcast, and thank you for taking time to be here today. Oh, I'm so happy to see you again, Debbie. <laughs> we always have a good time when we're together. Katie and I met at a conference, a women's leadership conference, where we were both speaking and just connected, loved each other's energy and support each other as we as we go along. So invited Katie here today because especially with what it is that she does, When it comes to the theme of creating more success with less sacrifice, she definitely has some juice, some pearls of wisdom to share. And so, Katie, I'm going to start where I always start. And that would be can you share a bit about your background and really what got you to where you are today?
1: Oh, I'm like so many. I had to circle the drain before I woke up. I have been a doer my entire life. And the only lever that I pulled over and over again was work hard and then work harder. And until I couldn't, I got ulcerative colitis, pneumonia, shingles, asthma, allergies, anxiety, depression. It was endless and it was all a response to doing too much and not feeling enough. I worked for time magazine. I sold advertising in 40 national publications in San Francisco, Seattle, upstate New York, Toronto, and um, also lived in Germany for a while, learned the language and then worked for Ernest and Julie Gallo selling wine. And in all my sales career, I really sold my soul. Mm
0: -hmm. I
1: traded my own well-being for that next sale of anything other than I was just proving something to myself and to the world that I belonged, that there was a space for me. But in selling my soul and trading my health, um, I really ran out of choices. I had to learn a new way. So I implemented everything that I had studied for decades. I was a passionate advocate about holistic wellness, but never applied it, never implemented it. I studied it, it was mind candy. And then my choices led me to have to learn how to really feed myself at all levels. And that's where Be Nourished came about. I was going to go back to my tribe of doers, primarily women who are taking care of everyone else and everything else at the expense of taking care of themselves. Yes. And I vowed I would return to my tribe and I would teach them what I had learned. And I've been doing that for over 12 years now.
0: I love that phrase that you coined or, or perhaps picked up and shared mind candy, you know, the things we study, you, you know, it, it's, oh, it's, it's interesting to learn about. And then comes the, you know, life has a way of, of showing you <laughs> what it is that you need to do and then having to implement it. So let me ask if I am looking up in the dictionary Success, according to Katie McDonald, your picture is there. What would it say next to your picture in the dictionary about what success means to you personally and professionally?
1: Success means to me knowing who you are and then unapologetically standing in your power to be authentically you.
0: Authentically you, knowing who you are. And, you know, that you would think that would be such a simple question
1: oh it's we it. have no idea who we are no i mean we are asleep at the wheel and often it does take some sort of cosmic two by four to use your fun phrase you know as as it did for me but we don't know who we are we are fascinated by strangers on social media we build fantasies about the life that they portray and then in a state of comparisonitis we feel inadequate and if we spend that same or even just a small portion of our time being curious about ourselves what kind of life do I want to lead? Who am I? What make what works for me? What do I need to be at my best? What do I need to do? How do I need to show up for myself the way I show up for everyone else? Mm-hmm. And that like taking the time and the, and the, the interest the, the sincere curiosity about ourselves. And then once you learn what it is you need and who you are, then honor it, defend it, advocate for it unapologetically. That for me is success
0: you know, and, and honor and defend that. And, and and that's work too. So there's a whole process of discovery, having that curiosity, really figuring out who it is that you are, what you love, what you hate, what you stand for, you know, what's a line in the sand and, and then having to defend it and, and, and care for yourself while you're doing it. So when it comes to defend, one of, the, one of the questions I ask my guests is, what do you protect at all costs? So what are you not willing to sacrifice to achieve success?
1: Yeah, I love that question. I've been thinking a lot about it. And what I'm not willing to abandon in myself is my non-negotiable habits. I studied myself. I know what they are. And no matter what, I, I will myself. stay true to themselves right? I know, I know what I need to do. And, and the defending part is our biggest obstacle is ourselves, right? We are battling ourselves in the fight for our own lives. And, and so really for me, knowing what works and then doing it and, it, and it's not a choice anymore. Like once we learn what it takes for us to be at our best, we have an obligation, right? To ourselves and to everyone else we serve and to the world at large i mean really we see our you know our responsibility to the world at large now more than ever yes but that i know that if i'm not doing my morning routine the version of me that i will bring to the world is as a compromised version at best snarly definitely <laughs> <laughs> and i'm not i'm i'm a i'm a fraction of what my possibility is and it's our responsibility and our, our duty to take care of ourselves, because what we're bringing to the world is actually can be quite destructive if we haven't taken the time to understand who we are and then honor our needs on a consistent basis.
0: You know, and and it's it's interesting. I have been undergoing a, a health and fitness journey of my choosing. You know, not anything that I I, I want to say that I had to do, but I think I was getting to the point where I had to do it, and. You know, everything has shifted and I, I really have to be very specific about my boundaries when I travel, traveling with the right food, making sure I've got my water container. And the funny thing is I just came back from a retreat, a personal development retreat, personal slash spiritual retreat. And the food was the biggest thing to navigate out of the whole time that I was there. I mean, it was a challenge and it was a lot of work to make sure that I was getting what I needed for me because you know the saying is you can't give of an empty cup, mm-hmm. right? Well, you can't give of a full one either because anytime you pour out of it, you're depleting yourself. Mm-hmm. It, and so, you know, doing those things that you need to for you. Now, you mentioned your morning routine, so let let's say for you know giggles, there are some people listening who really know they need to get their self care in hand. Uh, That what you are talking about is something that they need to lean towards. They are tired. They are burned out. They are overwhelmed. They are stressed. They are juggling too much. You talked about your morning routine. What is it and where is an easy place for someone who might be in that space to start?
1: Yeah. So I want to take a minute to and, and reiterate, we all have routines. We all have a morning routine if you haven't studied it you haven't crafted it you still have one so we need to dissect what that is we need to create enough distance from the automatic habits that we have in the morning and say like what is it that i'm actually doing because we're doing it and we just have to make sure that we're actually choosing it instead of just reacting right mm-hmm. so so for me if i've decades of studying what it takes for me to be at my and tweaking and retweaking and for all my clients we nail the morning routine, and every single morning routine looks different than the others. Some general considerations are, get the things that you're most likely to blow off, done in the morning. You know, like my exercise is done in the morning, my meditation is done in the morning, I've you know reviewed my planner, I know exactly what I, my intention is for the day, and what my three things that I'm going to accomplish for that day is, I do all the stuff that when life intervenes, I will abandon, because, we keep our you know we honor contracts with everybody else but we are so quick to break our own agreements with Mm -hmm. ourselves the we we have empty promises with ourselves because we tell ourselves i can get away with it right i can disappoint myself well the fact is we can't anymore if we've had a history of, of disappointing ourselves it's time that we show the same standard that we apply to everybody else that in our relationship with everybody else so but if I were to say what the most important thing in the morning routine that all of us can do is actually begin in repairing or forging a relationship with ourselves. And that requires time. When we meet a new friend, we meet a new prospective lover, we invest time. We show curiosity, we clear our count. All of a sudden, miraculously, we have this time because we're fascinated, we're engaged, we're in love, like all these things. Well, what if we romance ourselves? And it starts with cr- like just crafting, peeling away, even just 10 minutes. If you start with a cup of tea, I love the ritual of tea because we have to you know, boil the water and then we hear every single sense is awakened. And that's how we remember we're human beings and not human doings. So we've boiled water, we hear that, we're touching the water, we're touching the warm cup, we're smelling the tea. And then sit in silence until we have finished the last drop. So make the water really hot. So you have to sit there for a while, resist the urge to do anything and to allow to simply be, and now we have just begun a mindfulness practice. We don't have to be in a robe. We don't have to sit cross-legged. We don't need to go to a retreat. We simply need to be in our own presence. And for many of us, that is terrifying. In fact, the singer Pink says, the quiet scares me because it screams the truth. Mm. We're terrified to be in the quiet and even more so to be in our own company. And we need to learn how to befriend ourselves and then parent ourselves to do the things we need to do because we know that's what it takes for us to be at our best, even when we don't want to.
0: Right. And I think I'm going to change up my morning routine. So I make hot lemon water. Yum. And I do some journaling while I'm drinking the water, but I think that tomorrow morning I'm going to try to just, you know, well, not try. I will do it. There is no try. Is, what is it that Yoda yeah, says? Yeah. There is a <laughs> do or do not. Try, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think I'll just sip on my lemon water and just be in the silence instead of getting busy with the, the journal. I have a gratitude practice and some future journaling that I do about, you know, what it is that I want to create and i love that so that's well it's about
1: connecting with ourselves right Mm -hmm. because our our compulsion is to look outward right and so if we could just get up before the world has intervened we create these boundaries that say no this is this you know the world can't come in here this is this is i'm this is my own world right now we need to tend to our own garden before we're pulling everybody else's weeds right? Exposing everybody else's weeds. We need to tend to our own. We need to water it. We need to get rooted, get grounded mm. so that we can then come from a place of intentionality instead of a reactivity.
0: If yeah. we haven't
1: tended to our needs, it's going to be a right? We're going to be reacting to everything instead of getting grounded and, and accessing that source of wisdom that's there waiting for us to befriend.
0: Especially if there's something going on, especially if, you know, there's something inside, sometimes, you know, you want to bypass that Mm -hmm. you want to be busy. You want to avoid it. You'll, you know, you'll eat something, drink something, watch something, buy something, you know, just because you don't want to go there, but yet that's where the answers are.
1: Yeah. I mean, we need to learn how to survive and tolerate our own presence, which is, which is a first for a lot of us. But when we do it, we just keep showing up the way we show up for everyone else and we start having our own backs it's like, oh, we actually discover the quiet feels good. It's what we were looking for all along. We were looking for it in the bag of chips because we just needed to to be still. And we didn't know how to do it right. We were looking for it in the online shopping or the social media scrolling or the screen. We were looking for release and relief. And it's always there. But it's in a place that we don't expect. It's within us. Mm. And if we don't protect the relationship we have with ourselves, then we're going to get careless and reckless about the way we talk to ourselves. And everything we say, we hear. Oh, so yes. we need to mine the way we talk to ourselves. And then we can craft a daily experience, a moment by moment experience that actually takes care of us instead of undermines us. It, it builds us up instead of belittles us.
0: Mm, I love that. Now, I would imagine that throughout this journey of yours, you've learned some lessons. There's been some pearls of wisdom. There's been some two by fours. What are the bigger lessons that you have learned along the way?
1: Oh, uh, well, the, I'm still learning. I will forever be learning. And maybe that's one of the biggest lessons is yeah. to be teachable, mm-hmm. right? Can we change the way we change? Because my primary motivation for getting anything done, all the things that I achieved, all the success I had was through shame. I berated mm-hmm. myself. I, I bullied myself. And, I, and the fact is, it actually got me quite far, which makes it even more toxic. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I have to dismantle. And I'm in a regular process of doing that, that understanding there are new tools that I can lead with love. I can change the way I change. I can change and I, I can love myself, I can tend to myself, I can nourish myself while still having a deep commitment to growing and evolving. And, and that's something that I struggle doing. I, I always felt like I, I, I always love striving, but how, what does stri- thriving look like? Well, mm. thriving is really not the same as striving. It is a, it is a sense of flow, it's yes. a sense of acceptance. Ease. Ease Mm. and we can still want more for ourselves, but we have to do it in a humane, loving, compassionate way if we want to sustain our transformation.
0: Oh, beautiful. Beautiful. So you talked about, you know, one of your best practices is that, you know, your your morning. What are some of the other? Because, you know, health and fitness, mental wellness, I mean, that's your jam. So what are some of your best practices that you could share?
1: Well, I'm very clear that what I eat is directly correlated to what I create. So, you know, any of us think, oh, it doesn't matter. We get away with neglecting how we feed ourselves at a physical level. And honestly, it's one of the first levers I pull for transformation. So if I've just come back from a trip, like I know immediately, not that I forgot myself on the trip. I mean, you know, I'm not choosing rigidity, but I know that leafy greens are exactly the way to recalibrate immediately. It's chlorophyll, it's it's sunshine. And and we get, you know, think about those those stoic leafy greens reaching for the sun. It's like, you know, as soon as I ingest that, it's it's this relief as I just get those nutrients in. So that is a non-negotiable for me. And another thing is a mindfulness practice, as I said. Mm-hmm. Um, that is and it's I as easy as a cup of tea. Yeah, it can be mm-hmm. in a cup of tea. It can be more formal, but the bottom line is It's again, that regular company with ourselves. One of the other things that I do is I name the emotions. So when, you know, we get this kind of wash of emotion, I stop and I name it. And the reason that I, so if we feel shame or overwhelm, the minute we name it, we create enough distance between ourselves and the emotion. And when we have enough distance, we have the clarity to actually understand like what I am not my emotion, but it is here to serve me. Um, A great example is resentment. I hear about resentment constantly from my clients. And and it's just the minute we feel resentment, I want you to to know it is a sign that we are overgiving. We're over-functioning for everyone Mm. else and we're underperforming for ourselves. So I would ask your audience for the next two weeks, anytime you feel resentment, trust that it is the sign you need to give to yourself. Don't rationalize it. Don't say, oh, I shouldn't have to because of blah, blah, blah trust it, do it, and then watch resentment fades. All of our emotions are teachers. They're there to nudge us to a higher state, to a more evolved state of wisdom. So if we can embrace them, not as fact, but as a little nudge for us to, to recalibrate and reconnect with ourselves because we live neck up. So we want to inhabit Mm -hmm. our bodies, get out of our heads where I'm sure all your audience, brilliant women, just like you, Like, we got to take the elevator down and inhabit our bodies and understand they are not just a
0: means to an end. Mm. Feel what we're feeling. Absolutely. I know that, you know, emotions are the signpost, the unconscious and building that relationship with your unconscious and having that rapport with your unconscious so that you're tuned into what your body is saying, you know, when it comes to fear, when it comes to anxiety, I mean... Anxiety is a future-based fear. Mm -hmm. You're afraid of something that hasn't even happened yet. And it's also a sign from the unconscious that, is this really what you want to be focusing on? Mm -hmm. You know, all the things that could go wrong, all of the things that might go wrong, or do you really want to have a different outcome? And and can you focus on that instead? So, you know, We get to
1: create our emotional lives. We really do. And we forfeit our power all the time. We abdicate the throne all the time. And that's when we're overwhelmed, Right. We have, we have forgotten our power. We have forgotten our autonomy and our freedom. And one of the ways that we can get back to it in a state of overwhelm, anxiety, any of these states of which you reference is come up with a one word, that one guiding word that becomes a filter. There is so much going on in our lives. It's not that we don't have enough information or opportunity. It's we have too much. So how do we discern? So every 90 days I review my routines to make sure they're relevant. I usually stick with it, but I bring in the seasonality, which might shift it. Every 90 days I come up with a new one word because that one word needs to be elusive, delicious, badass like the higher version of myself that I haven't stepped into yet, but I want, and then everything makes sense. So if clarity were your one word, you would look at a meal that was presented, anywhere and say, is this going to promote clarity Mm. or is it going to right? all of a sudden everything makes sense. If you're having a, you're staying up late and you're, you know, Netflix binging, it's like, wait a minute. You pause and say, is this going to create the clarity that I crave? And all of a sudden we have a filter for a life that is
0: too much. So it makes it easier to make decisions. Yes. You you know, because we can talk ourselves into anything. Yeah. You know, we're, we're pros at it, aren't we? justifying right
1: decisions are how this is where I see whenever someone's stuck it's they just haven't made a decision and that is its own kind of hell so whenever you're just in this like torment make a choice and then stand by it and give yourself a deadline say I'm going to stand by I'm going to make this decision and I'm going to give it two weeks two months I love working in a 90-day cycle because it works with our attention but pick that time and say I'm going to go all in and then I'm going to study and evaluate what works, what doesn't work mm-hmm. and remind myself whenever I feel deprived or, oh, maybe this doesn't work. It's okay, honey, we're going to, we're going to study this. And then we're going to decide again. And then we can relax. We've parented ourselves. There's an adult on the scene and it's us. And, it's and it reassures us, us that we're going to be able, like, it's okay. We get to decide again. But the decisiveness that I, the most suffering I see is just this lack of confidence Um, Mm -hmm. As if we're always going to get it right. That's back to the teachability. We're not always going to get it right. Mm -hmm. But if we show up and agree and promise to be teachable, then we can forgive all sorts of mistakes, all sorts of deviations, because we're learning, we're students, we're children just with fresh, bright eyes saying, teach me.
0: Well, and, and I love that approach because it's not an all or nothing approach. It's not that the decision is cast in stone, carved in stone. Uh it, it is, it's almost like an experiment. Okay. We're going to try this yes. for 90 days. We're going to try this for two weeks. You know, I enjoy my wine. It is not part of my health and fitness journey at the moment. And, you know, when I was having multiple glasses of wine every day, it was kind of like, Hmm, you know, it's what if, and I remember having this conversation with you that, you know, you, you tried two weeks without having any wine. And it's like, oh my goodness, can I really do that? And you'd be amazed at what you can do. And it's, it's, it's not a permanent decision. It is. Okay. Let's try it. Let's see, you know, if it, if it works for you, if it supports you, if you feel better and creating that space, Debbie, like we
1: talked about, like when you create, you create space between your habit and yourself. You're like, oh yeah, I'm the expert on me. I get to decide this habit isn't controlling me. I'm either choosing it or I'm not. And a lot of people, when I say, you know, for the next two weeks or for the next 90 days, this is what we're gonna do. It's like we can we can tell ourselves we can have it again. Oh, don't worry, you can have it again. That fear of being deprived. What happens is we get so much information that we can't possibly get when we're in immersed in our habit. Like, wow, I see the role alcohol plays in my mm-hmm. health. I see how it's a it's a coping mechanism to numb, and I'm going to decide differently. And, and that is where we feel so fierce and so awake because we are the autonomous people who are 100% responsible for our choices. And we keep forgetting that, but we are, and that's when we feel like we are fully successful and authentic.
0: Oh, I love that. So Katie, would you please tell the listeners where can they find you? How can they get more of Katie and what it is that you do for the people that you serve? Well, you will not
1: find me on social media because I did a 90 day experiment and I was like, oh, I love this. I am so not on social media anymore, but you will find me on my website at BeNourished.com, B-N-O-U-R-I-S-H-E-D. I'm a keynote presenter and I'm also a self-care strategist. So I've developed a coaching program for high achievers so that they can take care of themselves and take care of the people and the things and the work that they love. And I would really encourage anybody to sign up for my newsletter. I have very curated, not overwhelming frequency content to remind you. Oh, -hmm. thank you. That self-care is your responsibility. It's not selfish. It's your duty.
0: It is. And it's a choice. Otherwise, you just let it happen by chance and you've given away all, all of your power. And I know that Katie has a number of ways that she works with her clients. She has an awesome journal that she created. It's beautiful. It is so functional. Do you have it there with you? Oh, isn't that gorgeous? It's
1: bursting with my, I put my vision board in the, in the pages in the front, but
0: yeah. And, and it may not have come through on this interview, but Katie has just this interesting vibe. I mean, she's funny is all get out how she thinks, how she just says it like it's like it is. So, you know, you see her videos and her content and, and that personality will come out and you will just love it. So the, the journal is just chock full of Katie-isms and I know you would enjoy that too. So check her out on her website, reach out to her if you need to make your health and fitness a priority. If you are tired of giving all to everyone else and it's time for you to give to yourself, then Katie's the person who can help you get there. So until the next time, here is wishing you all the clarity that you deserve. I appreciate you being here and bye-bye for now. Take care. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Getting to Clarity podcast with Debbie Peterson. If you enjoyed this show, please rate and recommend it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you enjoy your podcasts. To learn more about how you can create more success with less sacrifice in your leadership and life, visit gettingtoclaritypodcast.com.